With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the Virtual Selling Podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual Selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. Hi, everybody. I'm very happy to be with Tim Wackel today, who is sales trainer, keynote speaker, and executive presentation coach since 21 years now. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Good, Gabrielle. How are you today? Great. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do as a business? Um, so I have... Um... I spent the first 20 years of, of my career, Gabrielle, as we talked earlier, in corporate America, leading, building, managing, growing sales teams. Um, and for the past 20 years, uh, I've had my own consulting practice where I'm hired by sales leaders uh, to really help their sales teams perform at the highest levels. And you have strong opinion about Playbook and CRM saying that uh, those tools, and you know that uh, I'm re really fond of Playbooks and uh, with Sales Deck, I'm, I'm trying to have the team following the, the methodology and a Playbook. But what you're saying is that uh, skills are more important than Playbook. I, you know, so I'm going to tell you both are important, uh, but if, if, if I had to make a choice, I, I between a rep that had a great Playbook or a rep that had great skills, I'm going to have to take the rep that has great skills. Because if we have a great playbook, but we don't have the skills necessary to implement the playbook, we get nowhere. So I'm a real, I'm a real skills kind of guy, and that's where I focus most of my time, energy, and effort. Great. So what are those skills, those skills that you think that are the most important for, for sales to have? So when I look at, at, at sales and sales skills, Gabrielle, it's, it's kind of a linear process. You know, that's kind of the engineer in me is, hey, what, what, what does it take to be a top performer? And I would tell you, number one, top performing salespeople uh, understand exactly who they're trying to connect with. In other words, they have a list. And whether you're new business development and it's a list of prospects or whether you're account manager and, and you're just having to stay in touch with existing clients, it matters not to me. I think it's really, really important that we have a list and, and a list should not be confused with a CRM, right? Because I, I can have 20,000 names inside my Salesforce database. That doesn't mean I'm going to do anything with it. Uh, I think we need to understand as sales professionals how many conversations we need to be having each and every quarter, each and every month, each and every week and each and every day. Um, because we don't have that information in front of us. Nobody at 3.15 on Friday says, hey, I got an extra hour or two. Why don't I make some more calls? So I think, number one, it's really, really important that we understand who we're trying to connect with and we have that ideal client profile or that targeted list in front of us at all times. The so second, that's the first skill. And, and, that would and be the first just, skill. And what what is it really a skill or is it more a process, in fact? Well, you know, you, you, you raise a good question. It's probably a combination of both. I mean, I think salespeople that do the best 
create their own list, right? If, if you wait for your sales leaders or if you wait for the marketing people to put together a list, you really don't have any skin in the game. It's like, ah, this is bad dog food. These, are, these aren't very good leads, right? I like it when a sales rep has their fingerprints all over the list. In other words, they've gone through the process of understanding, hey, here are the types of industries, here are the types of companies, here are the types of customers, here are the types of geographies where we've been successful before, Therefore, we should try to be successful in these other companies because there's a certain amount of mapping and mirroring that makes sense. So I, I think we could argue, is it a skill? Is it a process? It, it's probably a combination of both. But having that list in front of us is, is step one, is skill one. So skill two. Skill two then is if I've got this list, um, now I've got to be able to go out and connect with people on this list. And odds are they don't know me. Uh, odds are maybe they don't even know my company or the things that we can do for them. So skill number two is you've got to be able to tell a great sales story, right? So Gabrielle, if you're on my list, I'm going to try to connect with you. And maybe I'm going to call and leave you a voicemail. Maybe I'm going to send you an email message. Maybe I'm going to connect with you in social media on some way. But I've got to be able to tell a sales story that resonates with you, that gets you to go, wow, you know, that's kind of interesting. I'd like to hear more. And my experience is most salespeople don't understand how to tell a good sales story. Most salespeople create sales stories that is all about them and all about their products and all about their solutions. And it goes on and on and on. And you simply don't have the time to go on and on and on. Uh, you and I were talking earlier that, you know, people don't go into the hardware store because they want to own a drill. People go into the hardware store because they need to have a hole, because eventually that hole is going to hold a shelf or a picture, right? And so as salespeople, when we create these stories, we need to make sure that we're speaking the language of the customer. We need to make sure that we're saying things in such a way that it um, it really creates curiosity and it gets that customer, it gets that prospect, it gets that other person to say, wow, you know what, I'd, I'd really like to learn more. Um, because the goal of a sales story is you're not trying to sell your solution. The goal of the sales story is you're trying to sell the idea of having an initial conversation. So can you tell a, a meaningful sales story? And it's not just one version of the sales story. Right, Gabrielle, if I reach out to you, I'm going to give you one version of my sales story. And if you don't respond, well, then after a certain period of time, I'm going to reach out again. And I'm probably going to reach out again, maybe using a different medium. And I might use a slightly different version of my sales story. Because if you just can't take one version of the story and rinse and repeat and recycle it over and over again, you need to be able to tell multiple versions of your story. And, and the versions are going to be based on you know, who you're targeting. The version's going to be based on exactly the industry they're in. The, the version's going to be uh, based on, you know, what's going on in their environment right now. If you've just got one version, you, you're, you're probably swimming upstream. But I think a, a really good sales professional is going to have maybe four or five or six different versions of their sales story that is designed to get others curious enough to listen. And those, those story has to be prepared also. So it's part of the playbook, no? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this is where you and I agree but disagree. Yeah, um, a part of the playbook should be, hey, before you go to battle, before you pick up the phone, before you send push send on an email, what are you trying to communicate? What what are the three or four or five or six different versions of your sales story that you're ready to take to market?
Great. So that was the third tip, the third skill. What is the fourth skill? So if we've got a targeted list, we know who we want to have conversations with. If we know how to put together and tell a, a, a very um, creative sales story, then the third skill really is you have to understand the art and science of proper follow-up. And, and this is a huge opportunity for, for many salespeople, as many salespeople will make one or, or two or three attempts, and, and then they disengage, Gabrielle. And, and what, what we're learning, especially during the pandemic and post-pandemic now, is that you have to be consistent and persistent in your follow-up. Unless, unless your sales story hits the center of the bullseye, right? If I know you are in the market for a red automobile, and my sales story is about we have red automobiles, then you're probably going to call me right back. But the odds of us being in the center of the bullseye are not high. So what we have to do is we have to be persistent and consistent in our follow-up. And most salespeople, uh, number one, either disengage way too soon, so they'll only try one, two, or three times to connect. Or number two, their follow-up is not... Um, it's not proper follow-up. And what I mean by that is that if you're calling or you're emailing to check in, or if you're calling or emailing to touch base, that's not proper follow-up. Uh, your follow-up should be insightful. Your follow-up should be valuable. Your follow-up should be creative. Your follow-up should be provocative. Your follow-up should be fun. And, and I know that if I do that, eventually, Gabrielle, clients like you are going to be like, all right, I'll give this guy 10 minutes because he's been very persistent, very consistent, and his messages have not just been recycling the same thing. He's adding value. He's making me curious. I'm willing to have that initial conversation with him. Great. So skill three, skill four? So skill four is that if I've got this targeted list and I know how to tell a really good sales story and I've been persistent and consistent in my follow-up, eventually a certain percentage of those clients are going to be like, okay, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. And skill four is really uh, knowing how to win that first conversation. Because if you don't win the first conversation, there's not going to be a second conversation. And what happens often during the first conversation is I've got you on my targeted list. I've approached you with this creative sales story. I've been persistent in my follow-up. And you say, okay, Tim, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. And too many salespeople today get that 10 minutes. And whether it's face-to-face -face or virtual, they show up and they throw up, right? It's the spray and pray. And what I teach salespeople to do is during that first 10 minutes is you need to ask questions. In, in such a way that nobody's ever asked those questions before. Because if you can engage that prospect, if you can engage uh, that customer on an intellectual, on an emotional, and on an intelligence level like nobody else has, they will make time for you. Way too often salespeople show up and they ask questions that are very self-serving, self-focused, right? How soon are you looking to make a change? Who besides yourself is involved in the decision-making process? How have you guys decided how to budget for that? Those questions have absolutely zero value for the prospect, right? That's all about me. I'm trying to solve my needs. I'm trying to get value from you. That's the wrong approach. We have to ask questions in such a way um, that the customer goes, oh my gosh, you know, nobody's ever asked me that before. Uh, we hadn't thought of that before. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. 
So the four skill is really about knowing how to win the conversation and wins kind of a strong euphemism, but it's, it's about how do you engage people in such a way that they really enjoy the conversation and they feel like they got value out of it versus feeling like they were being manipulated into some sort of sales process. So is it still some discovery questions? So it's, it's not about discovery. It, it is about discovery. Um, but it's about asking questions in a way nobody else is asking them. So I, 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 we, we have to do discovery, but if, uh, so here's a simple discovery uh, question. Do you have budget? Okay. So that's a discovery question, but that's a very poor discovery question. So how do you ask that question in such a way that the customer doesn't even realize you're asking about budget? That's the key is really understanding the art and science of asking questions in the proper way. Great. So skills five. Skill five then is now that you've reached out, you've connected, you've had multiple conversations. Now, how do you present your ideas? How do you present your solution? Uh, how do you present your products or services in such a way that the client says, you know what, that's exactly what we need. Uh, way too often, we just recycle the same proposal or we just recycle the same presentations over and over again. If your client describes their problem to you and they describe it in French, in, in, then why would you present your solution in English? In other words, you need to use your client's words, their ideas, um, and use that language to wrap your solution so that when you present it back to them, they go, you know what, that's exactly what we need. And that voice inside your head says, yeah, I know that's exactly what you need because that's what you've been telling me. So I'm simply just trying to make that translation of, hey, Here's what we offer, but these are the words you've used to describe it. So I think this is what you guys need to do. So it's really about understanding the proper way to present your ideas and doing it in a way that's clear, concise, and compelling. And is it about rephrasing or is it about uh, bringing new ideas on the table, but with the words of the customers? I, I think it's the latter more than the former. Yeah, it's bringing new ideas and bringing new ideas in such a way that they go, wow, you know, nobody else is... Nobody else has approached us with this. Nobody else has explained it to us in this way. Um, I, I really see why we should make a decision to go to that next step with you. And, and is it through conversation or, or is it through a document? Because if it's through a document, you have to prepare the document in advance with the world of your customers. So it's a, 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 a new job each time. Yeah. Um, so in my world, uh, my preference is if you, if you want a document, if, if, if you, my customer, are looking for my ideas in a document, I'm more than happy to put together the document. But in return, you're not going to get the document until you agree to meet with me and let me walk you through the document. Because my experience, Gabrielle, is you could put the words F-U in the middle of most sales proposals and no client would ever call you on it. Because I don't think they read the doggone things. And so I'm more than happy to put together that proposal for you. But in return, you have to agree to meet with me for 30 minutes via a Zoom call so I can just walk you through the document. Because again, I, I the last thing I want to be is column fodder, right? Where, hey, we need four bids. We've decided who we want to go with and you're one of the other three. I, I, I don't have time for that. So if you're unwilling to make time for me to talk you through my document, then I'm probably not going to do the document for you. Is it skill six or there is another skill six? Oh, you know, there, there probably is a skill six and it's really, I would say it's probably um, 
knowing how to continue to nurture that relationship. Because if we've done all this work, if I've identified you as a target, I've told you a great sales story. I knew how to follow up. You eventually gave me a conversation. I knew how to win the first conversation. So I had multiple conversations and then I presented my ideas and we do business together. Then how do I make sure that I nurture that ongoing relationship? Um, which sounds very simplistic, but most salespeople, myself included, the only time we ever show up is when somebody's ring, ringing the dinner bell. And that's no. not the way to build relationships. The way to build relationships is I show up whether you're ringing the dinner bell or not, because I'm invested in you and not in you just as a customer, but in you as a human being. You know, what's going on in your career, what's going on in your family. So how do I continue to show up when times are good and when times are bad? Because everybody shows up, and I've said this for years, when there's an RFP out on the street, the lobby is full of salespeople. When there's no RFP, that's when you need to be in the lobby, right? Is when nobody else is there, that's when you need to be involved. So if there's a sixth skill set, it would be kind of the power behind building meaningful, connected relationships. Great. It was great, Tim. So I would say, in fact, that you gave us uh, five skills or, or six skills to build the perfect playbooks, because the first one is really about how do you create your list and what list do you create? Uh, the second one is about having a story and not only one story, but many versions of your stories. The third one is how do you follow up and you have to do it consistently and persistently, if I follow myself correctly. And the other one is really about win the first conversation. So having good question and preparing good question and questions that the performer are asking. And at the end is how do you present your ideas and how do you not only rephrase, but also uh, use the word of your customers to present the idea and to bring new ideas to on the table. Is that correct, Tim? Yes, absolutely. Yep. You did a perfect job. You pass. Great. Thanks a lot. Uh, th this episode of the Virtual Selling Podcast is over. Thanks for sticking around. Join us twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giants in the field. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are always listening for your feedback. Share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episode. This episode was brought to you by SalesDeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases your sales team efficiency and sales readiness, enable remote management and vamp sales operational excellence. Book your SalesDeck.io demo today to discover how you can close more deals with engaging and better prep customer meetings. One last thing, Tim, how can we, the, um, our auditors could join you and what is the best way to connect with you? Uh, you know, probably the easiest and best way to connect is just going out to the LinkedIn profile, Tim Walkel, W-A-C-K-E-L. I'm the only one out there. Um, and, and out there you can kind of, there's, there's resources, there's client testimonials. And if you want to connect deeper, uh, the LinkedIn platform will show you exactly how to get a hold of me. Great, Tim. It was a pleasure to have you in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you.